Hi, and welcome to Bacon and Eggs. I'm still Ethan Edgehill. And I'm still Tyler Carlin. This is our weekly podcast where we talk about some of our favorite movies. And really anything else on our minds. So thank you for tuning in this week for a brand new episode. Or 30 seconds after the last one just finished. We don't judge. If this is your first time joining us, we recommend you take a listen to any of our first six episodes. And we'll tell you a little bit about who we are. And what we do. And what this podcast is. It'll also give you some great background on what you're about to hear. Regardless, welcome. We're so glad you've joined us. We make absolutely no promises as to how long this intro is going to stick around. So buckle up, because we're going to dive right in. Without further ado, what did you think of Thor Ragnarok? Well, Ethan, I haven't seen Thor Ragnarok because it doesn't come out until tomorrow night, but, uh... Oh, it's really yeah. good. You're going to love it. Uh, what? How did you... Anyway, did you at least watch Iron Man 3 like I asked you for once? I did, in fact, watch Iron Man 3. Oh, thank the Lord. This has been... Yeah. It's been a very difficult few weeks here. Yeah. Anyway, Iron Man 3 released April 14th, 2013. That's a solid 1,661 days ago as of this recording. It's like four and some change years, almost half a yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, we're really starting to get into the good stuff. Yeah, getting getting more recent. Yeah. Still, well, I mean, we'll say good stuff. We're getting into the okay stuff. Listen. Okay. For those of you who, who let's just get this out of the way ahead of time. Um, Iron Man 3. I love this movie. I'm not in love with this movie. I love this movie. I th- I, I will spend the next however long this takes. This is trying my to prove favorite wrong. Iron Man movie. Okay, not only is it not my favorite Iron Man movie because there is a clear choice on best Iron Man movies because the best Iron Man movie is like just the best Marvel hang superhero on, hang movie. On, hang on. Period. I did not say it was the best. I said it is my favorite. Okay. Oh god. Big difference there. I like this movie. Tyler does not like this movie. Let me let me be clear. Sitting through this movie, it evoked emotions. It it did what it intended to do. I just think what it intended to do was stupid. You may very well think that. I do. I just said I do. Yeah, but you would you would be I you know, I can't say you're incorrect. I'm not allowed to say your opinion's wrong. I'm saying your opinion is sincerely, severely, alarmingly misguided. Okay. Well, this movie had a budget of 200 million dollars yeah that's a lot of money but you know how, how much money it ge- made? wait hold on how many generations of my family could be set up with 200 million dollars i mean if you invested correctly all of them how much money did this make Ethan? it made 1.215 billion dollars which is more than iron man 1 and 2 combined just by the way it's the the second highest of any marvel movie at this point uh behind the avengers that's insane yeah it was a lot more that is insanely sad Captain for a movie America. that starts that is insanely sad for a movie that starts with such stupid narration. Oh, I love the narration. Oh my god, no you anyway, don't. Anyway, first of all, first of all, <laughs> did people agree with me on this movie? I would say for a large part they did. It got a 79% for critics, a Rotten Tomato, and a 78% on audience, which is, I'm pretty sure, better than like most of the movies we reviewed recently. Mm-hmm. And I think so. It got 62 out of 100 on Metacritic, which is only 7 points less than The Avengers. Okay. But still but a lot less a... than Citizen Kane. <laughs> It's no Citizen Kane, Ethan. That's also a C, a C, and an F, okay? Okay. Your point? Uh, I think that's a C, right? 90 to yeah, I'm pretty sure, it, like, pretty much every single movie, with the exception of The Avengers and Iron Man 1, has been a C, a C, and an F. You might be right. I might be crazy. But just, just be might lunatic, be a lunatic you're looking, looking for. Who, man, Billy Joel. Billy Joel oh, and I have had gosh. a strange relationship recently. Anyway, why don't we just review Billy Joel's greatest hits? Um, let me tell you uh, about Billy Joel. Recently, my my Alexa in the office that we have has gotten in the habit of just playing an innocent man over and over again. <laughs> and, like, we listened to Billy Joel the other day, and, and just every 
seven or eight songs, it would play An Innocent Man. What would you say Billy Joel's top five are? Uh, it's just five different versions of Uptown Girl. Right. I mean, you have to have Uptown Girl. You got to have like the longest time. Um, I don't know, maybe. Uptown, definitely Uptown Girl. I would, um, I'm going to pull up moving Billy Joel's. Out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it up right now. Yeah, I would say Moving Out. They made a musical about that one. Oh, Piano Man. Oh, yeah, obviously. Number one. We didn't start the fire. Yeah, I don't like that song. Never liked I, that I, song. How do you feel about, like, so here's its top five on uh, Spotify. Piano Man, Uptown Girl, She's Always a Woman, We Didn't Start the Fire, and Vienna. Vienna. Waits for you. Yeah, it's no, it's a great song, but, it, like, it wasn't, and this is the same way I feel about We Didn't Start the Fires. I had, um, like, one box CD set of Billy Joel music when I was a kid that I just listened to over and over again, and if it didn't, if it wasn't on that CD set, it didn't exist. I, I totally get what you're saying. It's like Jimmy and, Buffett's yeah, songs you know by heart. Yeah, those are the only Jimmy Buffett songs. Here's the essential Billy Joel. Uh, I think, I mean, yeah, before Vienna, I would put in, like, The Entertainer, uh, Only the Good Die Young. Yeah, Moving Out. It's, Again, the one they made, uh, like, a musical about. Moving Out. It's still rock and roll to me. Uh, you may be right. <laughs> I this think is, I think, that before. I think you're, you're, yeah, okay, so I had, if you go under compilations on Spotify, um, my, my parents had this, this, the one at the bottom, Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2. Okay. And if you go in and look in there, that's, those are the Billy Joel songs that I know. Like, Greatest Hits Volume 1 and 2 from 1985? Yeah. So you got Piano Man, Captain Jack, Entertainer, blah, blah, blah. Right, so like. Scenes from an Italian restaurant. Right, like I know every single word to that song. Oh my God. There's gosh. a lot of Billy them. Joel is very good. But yeah, these. These are the Billy Joel songs that exist, and all the rest of them that don't exist, and you can't tell me otherwise. I refuse to believe it. I'm so flabbergasted to be hearing this from you because growing up with you, like, you always came from a house where, like, music was always playing, and I did not. And I was always, like, I have to know as many songs as Ethan does. And anytime I would, like, discover a new artist and a couple new songs, they'd be like, hey, man, have you heard of Elton John? And you would be like, yeah, I've heard every song Elton John's ever recorded. No, I've heard, I'll be like, I've heard <laughs> these Billy Joel songs. <laughs> so before we get started, do you have some injustice for me? Because I have some injustice for you. I do. I do. We're recording this on Halloween, correct? Yes. For like the next hour of this recording. Yeah. So Halloween, I, I live in the city and they would trick or treat, which was awesome. And then every single time the parents would be like, make sure you say thank you. And like, it's Halloween. You do not have to say thank you for trick or treat. Yeah, trick no, or treat with that. replaces thank you. Yeah. Right? Like trick or treat is greater than thank you. Because when you say trick or treat, it's like I might give you a treat or I might, I might punch you in the face. Right. <laughs> I might punch you in the face. I might scare you. I might eat whatever it is. My house is a treat house. Yeah. Just for the record. Same. I mean, I guess maybe we just grew up in a and I don't want to sound like an old person here by any means because we're both currently still twenty four. Like Right. Like this was my first Halloween. But like I mean, my second Halloween where trick or treaters came to my house. The first one where I had like a, a flow of them. Yeah, I grew up I just always said thank you anyway. I love Halloween though. We had some yeah. great costumes come through. For sure. I and was I, I was sad we didn't have any. Like like not not only was it all about uh you know, seeing all the kids in all their costumes Every single kid that came up, I was, like, trying to name their costume as they came up. So I'd be like, oh, yeah. hey, Darth Vader. Hey, Leonardo from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I know which one you are, Mr. Blue Bandana. And he probably doesn't. Yeah, he was probably like, I'm a Ninja Turtle. I'm four. I like turtles. I was like, where's your sword, bro? Bro. Where's your where's your katanas? Bro. <laughs> and then there was a stormtrooper that showed up with a Darth Vader lightsaber. I was like, okay. So when you were... When you were f- six seven years old your parents didn't take you trick-or-treating they just turn you out in the neighborhood uh i'm sure there was parents but it was a yeah. huge group of me and my friends and there was probably one chaperone 
Maybe not a parent, maybe like one of the teenagers. So until I met you guys, I trick-or-treated like alone. It was just me and dad. That's weird. Well, like all of the people I went to elementary school with lived far away from me. Right. You went to a city school for some I, reason when you lived in the county. Well, it was, uh, this is a long story. Um, I, I grew up like away from all my friends, um, which wasn't a problem, but like it was inconvenient to drive to the complete other side of town to go trick-or-treating. Right. Um, so I didn't go trick-or-treating with like a group of people until I met you guys. In sixth grade. And so by that point, I was obviously old enough to, like, go trick-or-treating alone. Right. In your neighborhood. It was not a huge deal. Yeah, I mean, and, like, and you can vouch for my parents' neighborhood. It was safe. Anyway, my injustice is that these children are too polite. If you're going to put on the costume, I want you to play the part. Darth Vader isn't coming to my door saying thank you. Anyway, Ethan, do you have any injustice to I do, about? actually. So I was recently, over the weekend, uh, I was at a... Um, I would just say a, a, a restaurant chain that does not sponsor us, so I'm not going to name them. Um, and it was it was mm. I was in a drive through and, you know, they I, I, I ordered what I wanted. And the nice lady was like, hey, you know that if you order the combo and get fries with it, it's cheaper. I'm like, OK, sweet. Can you just give me the combo and then keep the fries? Because like I didn't want the fries. I had no need for the fries. I don't particularly like fast food french fries in any way. Like they're not my favorite thing in the world. Um, and she was just like, oh, no, I, I can't do that. Like, you have to take the fries. And I'm sitting here. Why didn't, what? Wait, why didn't you just throw the fries away? But no, that's what I'm saying, though, is like, why can I not just tell you to not give me the fries? Like, why is that a, a problem? Like, I don't want the fries. You're sitting here saying, please throw these potatoes away from me. You. This is the exact same problem as the taquitos. Is it? Right, because I like five for four dollars is a great deal because four costs six dollars. Yeah. Right. So I just want four for four dollars. Yeah. No, for sure. Just ring in five. I'll just take four. Well, it's the same. Like the, this lovely rock star I bought is, uh, it was two for three fifty, and like two for three fifty. Oh, in my town, it's two for three. Okay, whatever. It's it's two for three fifty here, and it was like two ninety seven for one, and like I didn't really want two. I, I probably won't drink the other one until next week, but it, I bought it. But yeah, no, they're just saying like, please throw these potatoes away from me. It's like handing me a flyer made of potatoes. Uh, so Iron Man 3, Ethan, I've watched this. I rented it on my Xbox for $3.99 to watch it in HD, and it did not work the first time I tried to watch it, uh, so I had to restart my Xbox, and uh, then... Did you rent it on Amazon? No, I rented it on, like, games and movies or whatever, oh. movies and TV. Because if you rent it on Amazon and, and that happens, they'll usually give you your money back. Well, it did work eventually, so I know, but, fine. like, even if you have to, like, close out of it and watch it again, they'll usually just give you your money back. Well, that's They'll cool. be like, we saw you had connectivity issues, and you probably didn't go to watch the movie, and you're like, yep, totally. Yeah, totally didn't get to watch the yep. movie. Uh, but I rented it on my Xbox for $3.99. Uh, watched it in HD on my couch, and I watched it with the speakers from my television, not with headphones. How did you watch it? I watched it on a player that was loaded from uh, which I believe is Argentina. That sounds horribly criminal. My face right now is the literal representation of that emoji that's like just two dots and a line. This movie sucked. Actually, it was okay. No, it was this okay. This movie is awesome. No, it's not. Yes, it I, can, is. I will. I will break down for you over the next hour and a half why it was not okay. And, awesome. and at the end, I have some questions because I don't understand where your theory comes into play. I don't. I will really. Yeah. There is no way you watched this movie and you weren't like, oh wow, Tav's totally right the whole. I don't. Whole I don't. Time. I don't get where it happens. I don't know. I don't understand it. I don't. What he has? Are, are you serious? Yeah. No, I don't understand so, where it happens. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my theory. I think that after Iron Man 3, between the events of Iron Man 3 and Iron Man's next appearance in the MCU, Iron Man is uh, compromised. Uh, either through Loki's scepter, Loki's scepter and the Infinity Stone, because now he did, he, he's not heartless, right? 
the metal is out of his chest so he can be sceptered or he is like scrappy dude and they sense that from from the original <laughs> scooby-doo movie you gotta stop where, bringing up scrappy doo where where rowan atkinson is in a cave and scrappy doo was in a rowan atkinson costume okay somebody well obviously not scrappy doo in an iron man costume that would be ridiculous but the same concept right somebody is impersonating uh, and I, there's some scroll theory, there's some Loki theory out there. Uh, but basically, at the end of Iron Man 3, Tony gives up being Iron Man. He blows up all of the Iron Man suits, and he throws the arc reactor power source into the water. Okay, so you're saying it happens between movies. Yeah. No, no way. No way. Oh, it has to. No it, way. It, uh, I thought you were trying to tell me it happens somewhere in, in this movie. No. No, 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 no. It happens between no, movies. No, nothing's going to happen between movies. That's not a thing. Okay, then what happens between movies that causes Tony to rebuild all of the Iron Man suits and use them I don't them know. We will find movie. out next movie. Oh, my gosh. There's, like, there's no way. He literally he says at the end of the movie, he says, I am always Iron Man. I think, Tim, there's been a character arc throughout three movies where he goes from being Tony the Playboy to, to Tony the Iron Man to Iron Man to Iron Man for a movie and a half, right? Iron Man 2 through Iron Man 3. And then at the end of Iron Man 3, Iron Man is within himself. He is Tony Stark. Is Iron Man is not a weapon, is not a suit, is the man that he is driving but it, no, electric, nowhere does it specifically... Driving a fully electric Audi. Okay, yeah, I get that. I get that. Nowhere does it say... And I think the, the electric Audi is, is the reason. That's part of the reason. Nowhere does it say he gives it up. Are you kidding? No, he says he's he going to scale clean back slate. the distraction. Clean slate. He says clean, clean slate, slate and start should... over. No, he says he he says I'm going to scale it back and then Pepper says okay and then he says Jarvis, you know what we have to do and Jarvis says uh operation clean slate and he says whatever it's Christmas. So he was thinking I'm going to scale it back 80% and then Jarvis makes the suggestion 100% because Jarvis is uh, not on the other side. I don't have an argument for that. But so he, he pushes it because it's Christmas, because this is a Christmas movie. Listen, bro, it's not Die Hard, okay? There's, like, Christmas action movies, and there's not. And this one doesn't get to be one. I'm sorry. It doesn't. You know, it's, it it's kind of weird, especially because it came out in April. <laughs> yeah, and it's, like, a Christmas movie the whole time, but there's a bunny in it, and it takes place in Miami, but then there's Christmas hats everywhere. I didn't, I was not about it. Wasn't about it at all. Anyway, he is still Iron Man. I'm telling you, nothing nothing happened between the movies. Clean Slate Protocol means he starts over. Mm. What do you mean nothing happened between the movies? Nothing happens between the movies. There's not. They're not going to create a plot point like that that happens between the movies with no evidence on either side. They did it with Star Wars, and they had to make a movie. It's called Rogue One. Yeah, and did you see that? Wow, somebody's got thoughts Rogue on Rogue One. One was trash. Rogue One was like, you remember, uh, there's a video online, we have to link it in the show notes, where it's like everybody's immediate reviews on The Phantom Menace. It's like this 10-minute video where people are like, oh my god, it was the coolest video movie ever made. It was the best thing. This is, Star Wars is back, baby. And then like people just saying that for like 9 minutes and 30 seconds. And then the last guy they talked to was like, that movie was literal garbage. <laughs> yeah, I have like, seen that. I cannot believe that they did this. Yeah, that's how I feel about Rogue One. Everybody was like, oh my god, this is the most amazing thing ever. And I was like, what? This movie, well, yeah, it was not. it was not super great. That's... I almost felt that way about Force Awakens. You shut your ass. I mean, listen, I thought Rogue One was was all in all not that good. But Force Awakens... The Force Awakens was amazing. Anyway, you cannot, Iron you, Man You're not going 3. down this road. You'll alienate all of our listeners. Iron Man 3. Have you seen it? I have uh, seen it. Airline freak. I am. I am on my, my third note. We have made it through two... No, you know, I don't so think we're going to get through a lot of the plot of this movie. Oh, we, uh, there, we'll get through some scenes. We'll get through I some scenes. I will say, I just, uh, 
you know, I've listened to a lot of these review podcasts, and a lot of people don't go as linear as we do. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna drop this in real quick. I want to talk about the kid. Okay, I like the kid. I'm a hundred percent pro too. kid. I, I'm totally pro kid. He's set to appear in not the next Avengers movie, but the one after that, which is cool. Infinity War Part Two or whatever. Yeah, uh, I think that's cool. I remember seeing this in theaters with you and the kid having more of a role. Oh, definitely, definitely. Like I remember him being like a big part of it. You know why the kid's so great? Because he acts like a kid. Because he acts like a kid. And in his workshop, he's got a motorcycle helmet. You know what's on that motorcycle helmet? Rockstar. A sticker for Rockstar Energy. By the way, this podcast is brought to you by Pumpkin Spice Rockstar Energy. Pumpkin Spice Rockstar Energy, not available anywhere. Not available anywhere. But if you put Rockstar in your Pumpkin Spice Latte, you'll die. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I like to use Rockstar in place of water for brewing my Keurigs. (laughs) Oh my god. Speaking of Rockstar, I'm currently drinking a Rockstar. I'm not. I'm drinking water today. I am drinking a Rockstar as it is, again, 11.15. And um, this Rockstar is a Rockstar Revolt Killer Citrus. Ooh, is that one good? Not really. It, again, for the second week in a row, tastes like it has alcohol in it. I will say this about the the Rockstar, about the, the citrus-flavored energy drinks, is that my day job co-worker just came back from Spain and he said that that is literally all the rage over there. And that, like, that's that's what people drink. Like, they drink wine, always. But when they have to drink an energy drink, or when they do, like, instead of having regular flavor or Rockstar, or, it, like, the citrus is what they go for. Yeah, no, there was a while um, that they had, I, I mean, at least I saw them for a while. I haven't seen it really since then. They had which I know we don't like to talk about, but it was, like, lime citron, and it was really good. Yep. Okay, we really need to talk about this movie. This movie opens with narration or Eiffel 65, one or the other. Either way, I'm not a fan. It opens with narration. Okay. And it opens because with a narration. very Tony Stark narration of, like, this famous oh, yeah, person said says, a thing, and um, I don't remember who it was, but I said a thing, and I'm famous too, and uh, never mind. Let me, let me start over. Okay, so is his narration, I thought he was, like, writing a letter or it was all going to come to, and we'd, like, see him speaking on screen at some point. And we do in the post credit scene. Is it the narration all leading up to the post credit scene, or is it just narration for the sake of narration? Uh, both. I think it's that's a, a dumb dichotomy. Mm, I think that the narration is stupid, then. You can't have narration for a post credit scene. No, but I think that the, the post credit scene is there because there was narration. I think they are both no, made true. They, they are equally true. Mark Ruffalo in the post credit scene. Oh, he's so funny. No, that was great. I like the narration, though. I, I did not. I thought it was uh, dumb. I thought it, I it a... made the whole thing feel a little bit darker, which it is. It is a, a ton darker. Yeah, we, we get a whole different Tony in this one, and that's really what I like about it. Oh, gosh, that is a lot of why I don't like really? it. Really? You mean to tell me Tony... Let me just... Just a real quick, okay? Tony has Mark 42 on, okay, for the bulk of this movie. Uh, but we find, sort of towards the end, all he ever needed to get another suit was Jarvis. So he could say, hey, Jarvis, send the brigade, or whatever he says. So as soon as he has Jarvis charged up even a little bit, he could have been just fine with another suit that wasn't totally damaged and was more combat ready. Are you just going to, like, play that off like it's not a big deal, Ethan? Are you just going to tell me that that's not, like, a big deal, that he has 41 other suits that are ready to go? Why are you so mad about him having more why suits? Why are you not mad about why this? Why are you mad? I don't understand why, are why you're you, mad about it. Why are you not mad about I, I don't this? Under, you mean to explain. tell me he didn't... 
He didn't need to go to the hardware store and build like a cheap little Tony Stark built did. this in a cave. No, he didn't because even his Tony Stark built this in a cave Iron Man suit is so much better than the stupid one he makes with a literal hardware store. Okay. This, like his whole, oh my God, it doesn't make any sense. Jarvis was charged up enough that you could have just been like, hey Jarvis, I don't need the whole brigade, but send Mark 41. Yeah, did you, I, you, I you missed that. the part where they were buried under tons and tons of house. Ah, but he, when he needs them, he just calls them. Because he... It was okay. Yes, it's a plot device, nope. but he they mm. talk about how they got the rubble off the house. No, 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 because when he needs them, all he has to do is open little little doors and they come out. Listen, I'm not all about sin and sins where it's like this stupid plot device, they should have thought this through, but this they should have thought through. No, it, it makes perfect this they sense. Thought through. It makes perfect sense. It doesn't make any sense. It is. And then, like, he... And then, uh, and then Mark 42, he has to put his little helmet on so that he can control it autonomously, uh, like, from afar. But the other 41 suits can just straight-up attack stuff without anything. Because they're like, controlled by make, Jarvis. Okay, but that doesn't make any sense. Why couldn't Jarvis have just been doing half Jarvis this crap without... Jarvis was off. Oh, my gosh. Jarvis was dead. But when Jarvis wasn't dead, why does he need to put the helmet on for uh, Mark 42? They're, they're, those two things when, never exist with the, together. With the, with the boat situation, when, he, when they're on the yacht. What are you... Yeah, Jarvis was off. Jarvis wasn't controlling the suit then. Tony was controlling oh the suit. Mm, stupid, stupid. It's so stupid. It doesn't make any sense at all. You're so why you're would, so heated about him having so many suits. I, why is it a problem? It, because he built 42 of them, and he could have called them at any time. And there was, like, a little baby Hulkbuster and, like, the speed suit and all that cool stuff. And, like, Tony has 42 suits. This is the movie where Tony made all these suits, and you see literally none of them get used to their potential, except for the one that, like, turns into a bajillion pieces. All the rest of them just have, like, brief fleeting moments on screen, and Tony's not even in them. How does this not bother you? Why would it bother tell me? Tell me it bothers that, you. No, I'm not going to tell because, you it bothers me. Because, it, oh my God, but don't lie to me. He's got the suits. So? Why doesn't he wear them? This is, he's on Mark 42. I want to see Marks 3 through 41. They they are there. No, but they, they, they don't get any They're also, I don't get any like, Iron Man, detail. Iron Man 1 had way more than two suits. Whatever. You know what I mean. I want to see suits. Fine. We'll say he had 10 up to that point. I want to see suits 10 to 41. Yeah, they're there. This is the part you're mad about, is that they, they are there. But they're there at like... Only when it's convenient. Like, and then he won't give Rhodey one of them? Like, why? They're coded to him. Oh, my gosh. No, he's just being sarcastic saying that. If Rhodey could have taken one in Iron Man 2, he could have taken one in that. I mean, maybe. That that one I don't have an answer for. But who cares? Rhodey gets the president back, and it's badass. We are... And Rhodey gets the president back in the AIM suit that shouldn't work. Like, It's not the AIM what? suit. It is Iron Patriot. All, they, all AIM did was paint it. And they reprogrammed it so that they could do whatever they want with it. Okay. It's the same as Iron Man 2, where they... they where literally the exact same thing happens to War Machine. That is War Machine. I know. What are you talking about? It's the about? same thing. War Machine rocks with an X. Yeah. Why are you so Thumbs mad about up. him having more than one suit? I'm not mad about him having more than one suit. I want to see more than one suit. If you're going to make this movie with 42 Iron Man suits, I want to, like, and, and getting them is just as easy as Tony doing some weird kung fu moves. It's not that easy, though. It is, because he says, Jarvis, bring in the brigade or whatever, and they all fly in. Yes. Okay. After so it's that they easy. clear the house off i don't know i'm not buying that yes that is what happens I the think, house is destroyed because the house is on top of that little trapdoor thing you watch him you thing. watch him putting all the suits down there the, all the suits down there and it is covered up by house house fell into the ocean Had part of the house fell in the ocean the rest of the house fell on top of that trapdoor. and and when he's in kentucky or tennessee or wherever where does he get a freaking audi yeah uh, i would imagine shield but no mm -mm. no phil colson no nick fury to tell me that's where this came from so I'm not biting on or that one. Or he stole it. Plus, S.H.I.E.L.D. drives Acuras. Okay, well. 
I don't know. You're telling me Tony doesn't have self-driving cars? If, uh, oh gosh. And they're not just coded for Tony because he puts one on Pepper. Yes, I'm aware of that. I don't know why he didn't give a suit to Rhodey. I don't, I don't have an answer for that. I think they did that so that he could uh, do the scene where Rhodey zip lines in to save the president. Tony doesn't do like any relevant fighting in this whole movie. Okay, uh, yeah, fight scenes are stupid. Fight scenes are not, these are action superhero movies. Yeah, and I'm over fight scenes after watching seven of them in a row. Ah, uh, disagree. Okay, disagree. anyway, you're uh, super upset about him having more than one suit, and I don't understand this, it. Why does he blow them all up? What's the problem with having all the Iron Man suits? Why does he just say, hey, Rhodey, you take them? Like, this would have been a great pass the torch moment. And instead, it's like Tony because struggles they were with PTSD the, because and decides that he's just going to go back to being Tony. They were the result Tony. of his PTSD. Mm. He cannot heal or move on as long as they're there. Okay, but then he builds more. <laughs> yes, he builds more out of a different reason. He builds more to use them, not to just collect them. And this is all just on Tony's suits that I'm upset with. Like an Iron Man movie with 42 Iron Man suits. We don't see any of them till the end really dumb why do you care so much why, because, why do you want to see them because there's 42 of them so? there's like a lot of cool content to explore there just give me like a little montage of tony building them all and you know what they do and what they look like and give me a little bit more detail than them flying in the dark with cgi why though what what purpose would that serve that's just self-serving i would enjoy it more i would enjoy it more why didn't you enjoy it? What? Why was it so difficult for you to move past this? Because Tony has 42 suits and we only get one of them that's broken down for most of the movie. This is obviously frustrating. It's not frustrating. There's like there's like such a glaring opportunity here that we that was not taken advantage of. Because they're irrelevant. Why not? What? What? Like, and, and Tony starts in his house instead of at some fanfare. Like Tony is still gonna put on the public face and the smile and all that, even though he's got this PTSD problem. He's still Tony Stark. Why don't? Why don't you start with the same fanfare you started with Iron Man 2 with? Where Maybe not the World's Fair, but something like that, where Tony shows up and he's braggadocious about his 42 Iron Man suits. he's not braggadocious about his 42 Iron Man suits. He doesn't want people to know about them. He's scared of them. And listen, man. Like, the end of our, at the end of Avengers, we got the Shawarma Initiative, which is clearly... The Shawarma uh, Initiative. Jesus Christ. <laughs> which is clearly a knockoff of Lost. The Shawarma Initiative. Tony doesn't seem too messed up. Which, of course, like, PTSD doesn't happen overnight. It's been six months. I'll grant that. Uh, and then, so that's just my complaint with Tony and the suits. No, Tony, it's a different Tony here. Like, this is not this. Oh, so it is a different Tony. Oh, my God, you know what I mean. You're infuriating. Scrappy-doo. Scrappy it's not Scrappy-doo. Are you going to force me to watch this freaking movie? Have you never seen Scooby-Doo? I have, but I don't remember. Okay. And you haven't explained it. it. Scrappy-doo is wearing a Rowan Atkinson costume. Okay. So he is Rowan Atkinson. Right. And Rowan Atkinson is the owner of the theme park and is thrown in a cave while Scrappy-Doo leads the mystery gang through everything. And he's really the criminal mastermind. Speaking of criminal masterminds, who is the criminal mastermind in this movie? I know you're about to be like, it's Guy Pierce, Aldridge Killian. And like, okay, cool. But his assistant, Mr. Soccer Player Guy, that doesn't have a name, but he looks like he plays soccer. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, clearly knows more than he does, but he's definitely not the criminal mastermind. Guy? He doesn't have... His yeah, name is Savin. Savin? Yes. Okay. He is, That's he's some incredible a, Hulk level name. I mean, it, he, it says once. I was actually listening for this because apparently he is a major character in the comics, but he is like not very well utilized. Okay. And then uh, it can't be Aldrich Killian because Aldrich Killian's motives don't make any sense. Does he want Pepper to spite Tony because Tony left him on the roof? Or does he want to kill the president because he's got a problem with the government? And I know he addresses that like... Ultra briefly, where he's like, yeah, there was an oil spill, so I need to kill you. And then 
Is it the vice president? Because the vice president is on board with killing the president. Who is the criminal mastermind? Uh, the Mandarin. The Mandarin. So the Mandarin being the, Aldrich no, Killian. No, the Mandarin being the person that is controlling Aldrich Killian that we don't know about yet. Look, oh, so you the Mandarin a... is Tony Stark's, like, the, yes, this is comic book knowledge, but the Mandarin is Tony Stark's biggest villain. I know. There's no way that they, first of all, combine that with the extremist thing and then just leave it alone. There is a, a larger Mandarin role beyond Aldrich Killian. I don't think... Aldrich Killian's dead. No, hell no. I don't think Guy Pierce is ever coming no, back. No, no, not at all. Aldrich, no way Aldrich Killian is dead. I was thinking that the but entire yeah, I, time I watched that scene. I'm like, you just, you've, you've killed him six times now. Why are you just, like, blowing up the suits now? Right, right. There, there's no way this guy's dead. You need to put him in a suit and lock that suit at the bottom of the ocean. And put it in a wormhole. Like, right. Like, this guy can't die. No, no. I don't. also just don't think he is the Mandarin. Like, he says, I am the Mandarin. I don't think so. His, you're right. His motives don't make any sense. And that's the whole thing, is there is a larger role to be played here. Real quick, Ben Kingsley is the name of the actor who plays the actor who plays the Mandarin, yes. correct? Yes. Uh, that whole thing is dumb. What? Ben Kingsley's part. Why? Well, he doesn't... Like, they're, they're showing him on screen to be this, like, Ten Rings terrorist, which panders to... Like, in listen, I'll just... I think, you know... In, you, in the first Iron Man, the Ten Rings terrorists were from the Middle East, okay? Right. Clear on that? Right. Ben Kingsley's accent sounds like Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty. Okay. Phil Robertson from Duck Dynasty isn't from the Middle East. He's about as far from it as you get. The only they're, similarity is that there's oil nearby both of them. trying to say that his character's from the Middle East. I am the Mandarin. Yeah. I think that the Ten Rings is just a, clearly just a hired gun organization, seeing as they were hired by Obadiah Stane. Who is also not Middle Eastern. Correct, but but their little leader guy in that movie was. Like, not Obadiah, but the other guy. Yeah, and we just don't get any shot of their leader guy in this one. Right, but I, all I'm saying is the Ten Rings seems to be coming out of the Middle East. I, and Ben Kingsley's character is, like, I Gandhi. think, yes, he he is Gandhi. You are correct. Ben Kingsley was Gandhi. Yeah, that was a great movie, just yes. by the by. I mean, yeah, he, like, won a Best Actor for that. Yeah, I mean, that's like a lifetime role right there. Okay. Anyway. I do not think that he showed us his true side in this movie. I believe he is the Mandarin. So you think he's... I think Trevor Slattery, which is his, like, alias, is a character. Really? Yes. So you think he... Do you think he killed the guy on, on camera? I have no idea. That was never followed up on, and that was the one glaring thing that kind of pissed me off about this movie. It's like, he says he didn't kill the guy, but that was never followed up on, as far as I know. Right. Like, you don't see the guy... There's no, like, oh, the senator wasn't dead all along. Well, he's an accountant. Whatever. Yeah, for Roxxon Oil. Yeah, Roxxon's supposed to be a big villain, and I think they were going in the Roxxon direction of things. Yeah. Uh, because the the comic universe was was going through a Roxxon villainy thing. And then uh, they were like, well, we've also kind of got this Infinity Stone thing set up, and they ended up going with the Yeah, no, I, I can see that. But I don't think we're done with the Mandarin. I may be wrong about the Trevor Slattery thing. It just, it seems too obvious. I don't think Ben Kingsley comes back. I wouldn't be surprised. I just don't I don't think we're done with that whole storyline at all. But anyway, we get PTSD Tony in this one. And I think that I think I think I think Robert Downey Jr. acted this to I as somebody who I, I'm not gonna say I have PTSD. I don't. Nothing has been that traumatic in my life. But as somebody who's had like severe anxiety attacks and stuff like that, I think he like is saying he did it too well a bad thing? No. I I mean, I think it was overacted a little bit, but I think it kinda had to be. Because right. the, the well, I mean, reality you, of like anxiety attacks and stuff like that is it's not always visible right oh yeah i agree with that um and that doesn't you know if he just kind of sits there and shuts up and shuts down it doesn't really make for good cinema so right right so you know he pulls the car over or he says like you know my heart rate is it has to be overacted i think 
It has to be overacted. And I think the scene where he gets in the suit and, and is asking Jarvis, like, is it my brain? Is it my heart? Like, what's going on? Is great because it, it just shows the the weakness of Tony. Like, nothing like that's ever happened to him before, where he's had a moment where he's out of control. Right, where his confidence level and, you know, his Tony-ness is gone. Is, is gone. Like, sapped completely. Now, Brody was in this movie a lot. Yeah, they're, they're bringing him as more of a character because he's eventually going to have to replace Tony. Hopefully. I mean, maybe not. Hopefully, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to see a world without Iron Man. But I know you think there's already a world without Iron Man. But we'll get to that later. I'm sure more. That maybe I don't know. I, I may have said everything I need to say about it. I mean, I'm, we're gonna get to it in future movies. Oh yeah. So let's 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 talk about um. 1999. Okay, so he goes back. We get a flashback to 1999, and he creates the enemy of Aldrich Killian completely. Like, this dude had no reason to dislike him, and he gave him a reason to dislike him. And Yo, yeah, I mean, it, it's, like, not crazy about it, but it's, like, your Incrediboy kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. The, 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 what does he become? Syndrome? Syndrome! Yeah, it's the same exact kind of thing, where it's, like... Oh, yeah, Syndrome wants to make everybody super. It's literally the exact same right. thing. And, but I think it's a necessary part for this kind of movie, because, like, that's the only kind of villain this kind of Tony could face is a villain he created himself, not just something that kind of happened to him because of us, the sins of his father. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first line of the movie is we create our own villains. Right. Um, but I, I... Or we create our own demons. Create our own demons, yeah. So Killian gets left with this bad taste in his mouth about Tony and I guess becomes a... He was already kind of off the rocker, clearly. But um, Yeah, he was asking for like Tony to join his think tank uh, so that his think tank could... Like blow stuff up, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, but he does sign on Maya Hansen, and that's how he gets his hands on Extremis. Maya Hansen. Uh, let's talk about her real quick. Do you think she's gonna maybe not appear again? But you know, if you, if you are of the firm belief that Aldridge is not the Mandarin, I think Maya here is a good good candidate. Good candidate. Yes, I would agree with that. Uh, I don't necessarily think she has to be dead either. Yeah, she just got like shot in the stomach yeah, or whatever, like, right? Which if she is got the Extremis in her, and I don't know that she did. I think they were trying to lead you on to believe that she does not. Yeah. But if she does, then uh, that would not kill her. No, it would not kill her. And it's, a, again, a thing that's not followed up on. You never get a shot of, like, a dead body. So, I, you know, I, is anybody really dead in this movie? I don't know. I think you know, bodyguard guy is probably pretty well dead. Which bodyguard guy? The, the soccer player guy that you said looked like a... The dude... Okay, tell me, does he look like a soccer player? Yeah, he looks like a, like a English Premier League soccer player. That's exactly what he looks not like. not a henchman. He's like a Walmart brand Jason Statham. Well, he is a henchman in this movie. I, and he, uh, he did, a, pretty, did a great job with the part, but I just he doesn't have the look. I mean, I thought he had a pretty evil-looking look. Real quick on this Maya person. Okay. What was her last name? Maya Hansen. Maya Hansen. Uh, the actress who plays her, without looking it up, would you have known her name? Uh, it's Rachel Weiss, right? Nope. nope. Okay, then no. Rebecca Hall. Rebecca Hall. Who the hell is Rachel Weiss? I don't know. But anyway, I I was watching this movie, and I was like, oh, that's that one girl from that one thing. Of course, I don't remember what that one thing is because when I saw her name in the credits and on IMDb, I was like, who on earth is Rebecca who? Hall? Who? Oh, she's from The Prestige. Oh, that's probably why I know her. <laughs> oh, I definitely oh, should have known that. Oh, bad. Oh, we're bad. Oh, oh gosh. gosh. We're, we're bad film fans. <laughs> Yikes. Yikes with spaces. She was, she was good in this role. Ooh. Incrediboy is sent up on the roof, and Aldrich Killian is, like, super upset about this at Y2K. Okay, so back in present day. Back in present day. Uh, Tony is not in front of anybody, and he's dancing like an idiot in front of uh, the dunce cap. <laughs> robot. Uh, robot, which is hilarious. Yeah. I'll give you that one. How did you get that hat? Uh, <laughs> he's, like, teasing the robots, like, taunting the robots still. Uh, 
I do want to ask you, throughout this movie, Tony does a lot of dancing. Okay. To get, like, his suit onto his body. Please tell me your thoughts um, on this. I think they were just kind of out of cool Tony puts the suit on scenes. Did, did you notice there wasn't, like, a single cool Tony puts the suit on scene in this movie? There was the one where he has to flip upside down, and this was this exact scene, but the one where he has to flip upside down to get the faceplate on. I like yeah, I like it, the fact that he's always fighting with the faceplate. Like, that makes me laugh. That, I, yeah, I thought that was a little silly thing, but I... On the, on the Mark 42. Um... But I thought that they could have, like, slow-moed that or done... It felt like it happened very quick. Like, if you blinked, you missed it. And it's reflecting a know. different Tony. I guess. Like, th- it, this is not the Tony... It, it is the same Tony Stark. Let me be very clear. It is the same Tony Stark, but it's a different aspect of the same Tony Stark than we got in Iron Man 2. Right. This is Tony without the confidence. This is Tony without the, 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 the playboyness. This is a broken Tony. Right. He is super broken. He is super PTSD'd out. And so we're back in the present day. I, I can't remember all what happens, but Tony puts the suit on. And then eventually we get to Happy. I think this is the same part. Happy is running security, asking everybody for a badge. And uh, Aldrich Killian shows Pepper his big brain. Aldrich Killian now, shows Pepper his big brain. I want to talk about something real quick. Okay. I want the technology for those little projector balls that he has, where he throws them on the table and it just becomes a 3D projector. That I is technology too, I want to, to carry, exist. I mean, do you want to carry three like oversized marbles in your pocket because wearing a suit that would look very i mean i would make the sacrifice you could get a little case for him guy pierce is so cool he is like the coolest person except maybe robert oh i get it i get what they were going for (laughs) yeah no he's he is tony stark yeah he is elon musk he is like he is everything justin hammer wanted to be yeah he's as suave as hammer wanted to be but he's just Uh, oh and the hair Oh my god! I I thought his hair was a bit much. I think when our kids watch Iron Man three, they'll be like, "What is with that dude's hair? It's so thick in the yeah. back." It was it was a little mullety, but it's a little mullety, not in a bad you know? way. I was, and I, I'm gonna have to explain to my children. You know, when we did a podcast on this episode on this movie, you can just play them this we podcast. Thought, right, we, we thought the exact same thing. It was a little mullety, but it was. I mean, I would love to have that kind of locks. I remember uh, when this movie first came out, I was much, much younger and very, very invested in uh, music, like composition and like like classical, modern classical music. What's the best way for, word for this? I don't know what you're trying to say. Guy Pierce looks like Eric Whitaker is what I'm trying to <laughs> I say. I would 100% agree with that. So whatever you'd classify Eric Whitaker as, like a god among men who writes choral and he's just a orchestra and, and band music, he's... That's oh, a gosh, job title for that. It's called Composer. Oh, God among men, I think is a, I think is the first line of his yeah. resume. He is, he is a composer that has managed to remain famous in the 21st century without doing movies, which is impressive. Well, he tried to do a movie and then they turned that movie into Madagascar. If I'm not I mistaken. believe so. I believe you're correct. But like, that is not what he's famous for. He's like, he doesn't do movies or TV. He just makes choral music, which is cool. Which is super oh. cool. Go music. The advancement of music in the world is what we're The advancement of Eric things. Whitaker in this movie. Well, but the opposite of that, because he's the bad guy. Is he? Mm, or is Tony the sure villain? I don't think Tony's the villain. So, uh, explain Extremis for our listeners. Extremis is like an unstable genetic upgrade. Yeah. Uh, so, ideally what it does is it makes you like a lizard. Where you can regrow limbs. But like immediately. Yeah. Uh, 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 the d- common side effect. Is you explode. drug. Is, is instead of regrowing a <laughs> you limb, explode. you you explode at thirty thousand degrees Celsius. Just three thousand. I think it was thirty thousand. It was three thousand. Whatever. You explode at an absurdly hot temperature. Yeah. 
Uh, so, I mean, you know, sign up today, kids, for the extremist program. program. It Vims! <laughs> VI for vitamins. Double MS Double for MS. minerals. <laughs> yeah, no, extremis, Vims it's great. It grows your limbs back. The only side effect is that sometimes you blow up the Chinese theater. If you can't regulate. And you almost kill Happy Hogan. Correct. For the second time, Happy is blown up by Which the extremist movement. brings thing. us to the conflict in this movie where Tony Stark calls out the Mandarin on live television. Okay, look real quick, Tony. Uh, this movie is set up so that it's all about Tony protects Pepper. Tony puts Pepper in a suit. Tony fights for Pepper. Tony pisses Pepper off. Tony does it all so that he can protect Pepper. And then Happy is in a coma and the revenge plot is because Happy is in a coma. They literally took Tony's happiness away. His literal person named yep. happy but uh should have been pepper that was in the coma should have been pepper that was at the theater should have been pepper that was blown up uh and that's that sorry about it ethan no i disagree with that mm, i know you disagree because you just want to make this movie feel great and listen i i not even that i want to like this movie because i do like this movie like it evoked the emotions it needed to evoke and it did what it was trying to do well i think it could have just done things more well without really going out of its own way. I mean, you can make those points, but I don't think that putting Pepper in the coma would have helped that. I think I, that would have made the rest of the movie stupid. But that would have made his revenge plot all the more sense. That Like, the only person Tony cares about other than himself is Pepper and Happy? Yeah, he obviously cares about Happy. Happy has been the closest thing he's had to a friend for also, decades. why is, like, I mean, you have to bring this up because obviously this is an, an era of the superheroes. Where's Steve Rogers? Not around. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you can only address this so much because at the end of the day, like, because uh, budget. I mean, I can, I can but, keep uh, addressing this, and it's because Steve doesn't give one flying f about Tony. <laughs> but he he do does. No, he doesn't. He literally doesn't. This is the same point I was making at the end of the last movie. This is the same reason I don't like So you Captain mean to America, tell me is that, that Steve Rogers, right, soldier extraordinaire, doesn't care about the commander-in-chief of the United States Army. I firmly believe that if this the plots were reversed... And Steve Rogers was fighting the Mandarin. Tony Stark would have come to help. I don't know. I don't. I don't know that that uh, Captain America would show up. I mean, that Tony would show up in the the, the Captain America situation. Uh, I just don't know. And we, we don't have that plot. No, you're so. right. We don't have that plot, and that's because Steve Rogers is a jerk. Although Tony is not there, if I'm not mistaken, when uh, Shield is spying on literally everybody. So pretty sure he is. Isn't he in the next movie? No, he's not. Falcon's there. I could have sworn Tony was in the next movie. Anyway, we'll find out next week or two weeks from now. Neither of them are in the next movie. Yeah, no, I have no idea. I haven't still haven't Captain seen Captain America yet. is in the next movie. Captain America is in the next movie. Captain America is not in the next movie. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah, he, he is. is. I, I read about that. And about how it's, like, Steve Rogers, or it's Chris Evans pretending to be Tom Hiddleston, pretending to be Tony, Chris Evans. Yeah. Which is all the more reason, I think, that uh, Loki is behind some of these deceptive trickeries uh so anyway we've got happy hogan in a coma uh and then there's all these news reports and it goes to some of my like least favorite american news reporters uh talking about it it's got like bill maher up there who i'm not a I huge fan of i hate bill maher i mean listen bill i get it like you're a comedian you you rag on the president no matter who it is you do he's thing. just annoying i yeah i think you just I like him about annoying. as much you, as the mad money guy yeah i mean right it's like you're just you're just mad you're just thinking you're funny you're just sarcastic I, i'm not about it bill maher and i it, honestly i would have rather like uh who was doing late night in 2013 still letterman i think yeah i would have rather Leather, letterman talking about this or uh or even put it on like colbert you yeah. know because that was still around at the time uh but i'm not crazy about you bill maher wish you weren't in this movie 
Uh, I would agree with that. I do, I, I like we, Bill Maher oh in this movie better than I like Kobe Smulders in The Avengers. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Bill Maher in this movie was like a brief, like, oh, Bill Maher, really? Uh, Kobe Smulders in The Avengers kept I know, coming I'm back. Just, I'm putting a frame of reference around it. Yeah, no, I'm not that upset about the Bill Maher thing. Tony threatens the Mandarin uh, on live television. That's what we need to know about the scene, and then the Mandarin... It proceeds to immediately blow up his house, which, what did you expect? Yeah, that was not good. The dude's but been able to blow up everything in, in between, without a trace. In between all of this, we do get uh, the introduction of the new Iron Patriot name. The Iron Patriot. Uh, what do you, the Iron Patriot instead of War Machine, what do you think of the name Iron Patriot? Better, worse, Terrible. the same? Give me like Terrible. a eye doctor level response. What do you mean? Like one or two? Right. I mean, it's a zero. <laughs> it's a zero. I, both of those are bad. Uh, you like the name War Machine much better? Absolutely. I love the name War Machine. War Machine is a cool name. Iron Patriot with you is there. not a cool name. But have you considered how cool of a name Iron Patriot is? It's not a cool is? name. I think it's a great name. No, especially not in comparison like, to War Machine. It's like if Iron Man was Tom Brady. You know, I just... I, Tom Brady makes me hate the word Patriot. Tom Brady makes me love the word Patriot. Iron Patriot's a stupid name, and I believe they cover that in the movie. Iron Patriot is... I mean, they, they think it's a stupid name. The kid doesn't. But uh, kid's like, Iron Patriot's a sweet name. Kid, I swear, in the movie theater was in this movie for considerable. Yeah, no, at least half the movie was like Tony and the yeah, kid. Yeah, but it's not apparently. It's like a real brief, like two yep. chapters yep. on the scene selection. Yeah, I, that was strange to me. Very strange to me. I was not ready for that. I'm gonna run down some plot points here real quick so that we can move this forward. Um, like I said, Mandarin blows up Tony's house. Pepper escapes with Maya Hansen. That's important. We'll come back to that in a moment. And Tony, who recently found out that he needed to go to Tennessee because that's where a bombing that previously reported happened. And Tony flies the suit blacked out to Tennessee and crashes and steals a poncho from an Indian and calls Pepper on a payphone. And then we get the kid. Yeah, yeah, I that's that's pretty much the bulk of it. Uh, Tony does a silly little like in-air kung fu, put the suit on uh, Pepper move, uh, which I thought was stupid. Um because this is like a real dark movie and it's all about like really cool stuff and Tony's doing kung fu in midair. I don't know. Stupid. Um, and then just running down really the rest of that, I didn't think that the Iron Man suit would just fly him to Tennessee blacked out, but I guess that's how it works. Well, Jarvis was um, flying. I know Jarvis was flying. I get that. I, I'm on the same yeah. page. I'll, I'll, that one, I will accept. But Jarvis is like a little bit broken because his main hub is destroyed and he's in a prototype suit. That is damaged. Right. And, you know, I don't typically have any problems until I get to the last word. And then when I finish my sentences, I strawberry. <laughs> I say the wrong cranberry. Uh, that's what he says. <laughs> and that's, that line is just stuck in my mind forever. And it makes me laugh every time I think about it. It's so dumb, but it's so funny to me. It does make me laugh. It makes me laugh big time. So we've, we're in Tennessee. We've got the kid. The kid's great. I love the kid because this kid, I think better than anybody else that I've ever seen in a movie, acts like a child his age. Yeah. Kid shows up and he, he sees is, Tony Stark in his right, garage. He's not overly juvenile. His, he is not overly adult. He is just like a ten-year-old kid that is annoying and, the, uh, and, and doesn't right, get it. Doesn't get it. Doesn't understand what he's doing. He does understand that he's got a potato. Yes, gun. and he just murks that mason jar or whatever it is. Yeah, he just straight up destroys yeah. it. Tony's like, "That's gonna ruin your FPS," and he's just like, "Junk." I never had a potato gun, but I do remember. Like, exploring different parts of my house holding, like, a Nerf gun or an airsoft gun uh, when I thought that there was, like, an intruder. Oh, definitely. Did you you do that? Like, were you prepared to defend your house with a Nerf gun? Yeah, like a baseball bat. Yeah. Definitely. As though, you know, the person I'm swinging that at won't just catch it. Because I'm 
eight. Right. I can lift maybe 10 pounds. Like right. this baseball bat is really heavy. And I did I did fail to mention something important in that whole scene in that we find out that, that Aldrich Killian is working with the Mandarin. That is where we yes, find that out. Yes, we get... He refers to him as the master. Yes, the master will be here soon. I think that that's interesting because like when we're... It's, it's kind of... I don't know if it's like Hans in Frozen where... Uh, we see him smile while nobody's looking at him, so it doesn't make any sense that he's the villain at the end. Because why would he smile while nobody's looking at him? Uh, you know, about like like being joyed that he met Anna, not not like mischievously, just like genuinely excited. Do you know the scene I'm talking about? No. Okay. Well, it happened. Um, and I don't know if that's sort of the same thing that we're getting here with uh, Aldrich Killian and the Master, where they're doing like some movie magic to show Aldrich Killian praising the Master and being like, "The Master will be here soon. Don't look him in the eye if you don't want to get shot in the face." All that jazz. Uh, but is the master like a very good method actor? Because later on in the movie, when they confront him, he's like, oh, yes, no, it's just a part that I'm playing. I, am un- uh, I was under America the impression is. that the only people that knew about Trevor were the bodyguard and Aldrich. Okay, but what about like the models and stuff? Okay, they knew, but like was the it- people on that compound. Because Maya Hansen didn't know she refers to him as the master and acts like it's his idea. But then later in the movie, she approaches Aldred and is like, we need to do this, that, and the other. And she is on his side. She is like an evil mastermind because when Aldred... But she she says a line that she goes, I didn't know the master was going to do that. Maybe she's referring to Aldred as the master. No, because she says it directly to Killian. When does It happens in the... the, um, Refresh mirror. And I guess the hotel room or the other mansion where, where she's with Pepper, she and Pepper are talking and Killian busts in and she's revealed to be a double agent. That's saucy. Memes. And she says the line, it, it, Killian's talking about it. And she goes, I didn't know the master was going to blow the whole place up. Mm, that's why I think the bodyguard is the master because he literally is the one that blows the whole place up. I don't think so. And he kills Tony's bodyguard. It's so foreshadowing. He does not kill Tony's bodyguard. He, he does try, but he's not, he's not the master. No, there's no way. That guy's just a henchman. He is a hired gun. The vice president is the master. Maybe. Either way, Maya Hansen does not know about Trevor. That's okay. what, I, is what I think. I think only the people that were at that compound originally, like like the security detail and the and the models and stuff, they're the only people that know. And Overall, they probably don't know that they're looking after the Mandarin. Like Remove everything. Yeah, she doesn't know because she says, I think my boss is working for the Mandarin, but that's when she's double agenting. I don't know. Remove everything. The production of... Uh, Trevor's Mandarin character, like I, I, my issues with it are that he sounds like Phil Robertson, and from Duck Dynasty, and all that jazz. But on the flippy floppity, as far as you know, like sort of terror threat films within films, how do you think this ranks? I think they were very good because they they reference back to like events that nobody responsible had any kind of control over like the Cheyenne brave thing that he talks about how he just murdered the wives and children of soldiers while the soldiers are out for retribution for a crime against Indians like in the 1800s which is right. about as like if that happened in real life that would be terrifying right absolutely terrifying and I, I like that they put all the production value and time into it uh, I mean I go kind of back and forth on how I feel about that but when I think about you know, like uh, they do the trope in a lot of movies and TV shows of this similar genre that I think was started with The Dark Knight where the Joker does the like hand camera hack video. You know what yeah, I'm talking absolutely. about? Do you think that this version of it where it's a little bit more G.I. Joe, where it's kind of high quality, where it's produced, um, you know, it's like very clearly edited with all of these different things in it. And it's got the Ten Rings logo and all that stuff. Do you think that this is better, worse, the same? What do you think? I mean, I think it's just the same. I don't think it does anything better necessarily and i don't i don't think it takes anything away what range of ben kingsley's acting abilities do we see in this movie and what are your thoughts on that i think that we see a good deal of it actually he plays two very 
different characters. Do you think he plays like two sort of shallow one-dimensional characters or do you think that like the drug addict junkie is like a pretty well developed maybe not like you know with the dialogue and time that he needs but like at least personally developed character that he can kind of become and then the same thing with sort of his mandarin role do you think that they're both really developed or do you think they're pretty one-dimensional i think that they are pretty one-dimensional but they're designed to show two sides of the same coin he was eating fortune cookies usually we have fortune cookies on this show yeah i didn't get pan express tonight no i didn't so i mean i don't have a pan express but i didn't get any sort of fortune cookie type food. In fact, I got tacos. I had cookout. Nice. Yeah. Back into the movie. Uh, we got the kid. Is that where we are? We got the kid in Tennessee. Yeah, the kid in Tennessee. Uh, so the kid is talking about doing a stealth mode Iron Man, which I thought was a very cool idea. Do we ever get to see that? Does that ever happen? I don't know. I was thinking that same thing. I'm like, does that happen? I have a note actually that says, look out for that in the future. Yeah, I, don't, I can't remember if that happened. It sounds like something that would have happened. And we had the stealth mode helicarrier. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, Tony is having one heck of an identity crisis here. Uh, you know, he doesn't know if he's Tony. If he's Iron Man, he's got to be Tony Stark for right. a while. But even like... But even he, the, the kid Tony, asks him who he is, which like... The kid knows who he is. I don't know why the kid asks him that. That's kind of weird, but... Yeah, I thought that that was strange. The kid was like, who are you? And he's like... I'm the mechanic. What do you mean, I'm who am I? Tony. And, right, Tony Stark. But, like, I, yeah, he's definitely having an identity crisis. He's trying to figure out what role he fits. And, and I think that the fact that he refers to himself as the mechanic is interesting. Because, like, to him at that yeah, point, that's I mean, all he it was is. Like it's a, just like... He, yeah, it was kind of like a... F- he even says it earlier. He, okay. he goes, you know when he's talking about New York and he talks about how there was, you know, gods and aliens and I'm just a man in a can. Yeah. He's definitely very broken up about this whole New York thing, which of course is the, the theme of the movie that like New York had a profound impact on him that like he specifically could only have that sort of reaction, like maybe him and Barton because, and, and Barton, I think we see in movies to come had a similar reaction yeah. to New York. Uh, but he, you know, he fell through the wormhole. He, he had that moment where he dropped the nuke on the, the yeah. Chitauri. And he fell through the wormhole uh, and he so, couldn't save himself. Right. Hulk had, had to catch him. By, right. And, and like Hulk is godlike strength. Thor is literally a god and Captain America is a successful super soldier. You know, so they and Tony's and, a man in a can, and and Tony's a man in a can, and and even Black Widow is. You know, we we discussed this from Anaheim or whatever. You know, we <laughs> Black Widow is from. Anaheim. We are of the impression. We we are of the impression that she is not yeah, just. She a, is not a very talented a, human. You know, normal mortal. Right, uh, and Tony Tony is now having this identity crisis because he's a man in a can, and now he's without his can, and he's without he like, is, any money right, to buy the can. Completely isolated, no resources for the first time ever. Uh, so we get back to well, not the first time ever. I mean, we had Tony. Uh, I mean, Jensen who makes an appearance in this movie, which we did not. Realize. Yeah, we also didn't talk about it. That was kind of uh, weird. We like skipped over that to begin yeah. with. Yeah, well, Jensen's in this movie very briefly. Um, but Jensen and him in the cave had a very similar situation where Tony was like, I. I have to build my way out of this because I am the mechanic, uh, and I will build this in a cave with a box of scraps. Only in this movie, he in the garage in a, with a box of scraps, in a, a garage with a box of scraps that he was able Duff to purchase from a Home Depot. Yeah, drinking a Rockstar Energy. Good time. Drinking a Rockstar Energy. So we get the scene, and I think this is. Oh, okay. I, real quick, he, he's in the he's in the garage with the kid. Uh, I'm I'm just curious about this. I'm asking your professional, scientific, fact-based knowledge. I don't okay. want opinions here. Uh, he walks in and the kid's like, what's that in your chest? And he's like, an electromagnet. And, and he's like, it's like this whole box of them you've got right here. And the kid's like, what does it power? Do electromagnets power things? Is that what they do? Um, like, is that an appropriate question for like, that's your electromagnet. What is it powering? Yeah, no, I never thought about that. That is kind of a weird question. It is powered. Like the electromagnet is powered by something. No, but he's asking. I know. And that's what I'm saying is like. 
That doesn't make any sense. Okay, cool. I just wanted to make yeah, sure no, that I wasn't you're on the, the same person that was like... But I guess it is technically okay. power. It's it's not necessarily powering Tony's heart. It is like empowering Tony's heart. It is allowing Tony's heart to continue hearting. Well, Tony's answer is that it powers the suit. Yeah, which it does because it's not yeah. an electromagnet. There is an electromagnet in there, but it's, it, is, it is also an arc reactor. Right. That was just a weird it, piece it, of scripting, I think. I think that's what we're getting at right now. Yeah. Is it like somebody gotcha. didn't really edit that. Uh, but we get so the, the scene... Which I think is is funny to me that like the kid talks about how the guy blew himself up and there's only five shadows and Tony mentions that he's like that doesn't make any sense there's only five shadows and the kid's like there's five shadows because only five people went to heaven and I'm just like they just brought Tennessee they just brushed that off they're just like yep that's it nobody investigate yeah I thought that that was super dumb I was like somebody would have been like wait but would it it's the middle of nowhere Tennessee would somebody have investigated would somebody have said something no they'd have been like obviously that guy doesn't get a shadow because he doesn't have a soul well I mean I job with what you're saying because they actually do kind of reference this like in the next scene when he goes to the bar and the the local sheriff is like yeah I'm gonna need to see some ID if you tell me you're from the Department of Homeland Security right and it sounds like they don't like people snooping around in yeah their town. no not at all not at all um and so I like I definitely don't think that they would have said anything and it's just like man only Tennessee maybe poor Tennessee yeah only Tennessee maybe Kentucky also oh I don't want to start bashing other states that just aren't involved in this <laughs> uh and definitely West Virginia <laughs> Hey, I recently spent some time in West Virginia. It was very nice. I've been to a Burger King in West Virginia. It was an awful experience. Um, so the kid, kid has that you know anxiety attack with Tony where he runs away and he's like, "Oh my gosh, stop, stop, stop!" It's just stop, like, stop, "What stop, happened stop, in New York? Stop, stop, what are you stop, doing? Stop. Why are you doing this? Why are you freaking out? Am I freaking you out? Am I gonna freak you out?" And Tony's like, "Does this remind yeah. you of the wormhole? Do you do you have medication? No. Should you? Probably." Yeah. Does this remind you of the wormhole? Oh man, and and that's what I love is that like that's actually how a ten year old would react, and yeah. I think I think that yeah I think that's exactly how a ten year old would react. And then he goes to the kid to the bar to pick up a file that we know nothing about. So the lady at the bar is just like, "Yeah, I'll hand it right to you." And Tony's like, mm, "I don't think you're cool. looking for me, but okay, I take it." Right, Thank you. Because like he opens it and he sees exactly what he was looking for, which is that this is totally related to the guy that blew up the Chinese theater. Yeah, so he, he takes the file or whatever, and before that, he runs into the extremist girl who again. Looks too pretty to be, like, a henchman in this movie. I just... I'm not about it, man. I'm not about it. Make these people look like people. I mean, like I think people. that's that's Killian's thing, though. It's like, he obviously I, can fix anything. I guess. No, I don't this know. is not something you need Maybe. to be upset about. This is very obvious. He makes himself hot. Why would he not make his other people hot? He makes them how they want to be. He makes them perfect. But he shows them while they don't have their limbs or whatever, and they look the same for the most I part. I mean... It's because they're the same actor. Like, you're reading too much into that one. That's what we do on this show. We read too much into things and read too little on screen. What? Because we don't like the reading. Oh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't like having to read the movie. The cleaning lady. She dusts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, yeah, we run into that girl, and then she comes back and tries to arrest Tony, and... But Tony does the, does the womanizing thing. It's like, Tony, you have, like, established in this movie that, like, Pepper is your lobster okay like stop with the womanizing womanizing? just oh he's like hitting on the girl he's like hey sweetheart hitting on whatever he says the extremist girl where he's like he notices her and he's like it's a nice coat or whatever he says to her she says nice watch he says nice hair because he's thrown off by the fact that her whole face is scarred her face yes it is go look again promise you i mean I don't know. It felt to me like he was no. You you are a hundred percent wrong about that. He is so awkward. It's not him hitting on her at all. He like looks up and he's like, "Oh God." Hmm. Well, that's just. I mean, like when I was. No, I mean that's that's fine. It's what you got from it, but like you, you, this is straight up. You just got the wrong thing out of it. 
So yeah, he's talking to Miss Davis. He gets the file, sort of. No, he takes the file. And then he takes the file, and that woman gets killed like immediately. Does she? I don't know. I know the like local and sheriff. Yeah, the sheriff gets, gets shot. Um, a lot of people get hurt. Ah, shot the sheriff. A lot of people get hurt. Um, buildings are blown up. We get a really resourceful Tony here for a minute, where he like jumps through windows and jumps over stuff, and it's it's interesting to see Tony like outside of the suit surviving. Yeah, yeah, it is, and you get to kind of see Tony like quick thinking right, on he, his feet, like. This is why Tony in the suit is Tony in the suit. Why he's the exactly, best and he being blows in the up suit. the building with the microwave, the dog tags, and some gas. Like that was cool. yeah, yeah. It's super cool. And and she says, you know, cheap trick and a cheesy one liner. He then, says that could be the title of my memoir. And then he literally does it again, like in the next scene. Like he, the next scene, he takes out the soccer player guy with a cheap trick and a cheesy one liner. Yep. By the way, he called uh, the woman, uh, the extremist woman, hot wings. I just like to point out those Tony nicknames. Huh. They crack me up. Do you like Tony's nicknames? But the yeah, the bodyguard guy brings down the water tower by like melting it, and that like I thought that that was cool. Yeah, they get rid of the guy, the bodyguard guy, temporarily. I mean, he's fine, obviously, but he's like temporarily disabled long enough for them to get away. Tony sends the kid home and just drives off in an Audi. Where does he get the Audi? I have no idea. Where does it like like did he did he have it the whole time that it just arrived? Did he buy it? Is there an Audi dealership in this middle of nowhere? It's uh. Tennessee probably town? I just thought about this is probably the bodyguards oh you think the bodyguards I think showed if we up get because he, he showed up in a car I think if you go back to that scene you may see it it's that car I just thought about that it's probably that car because that's the only unclaimed car in the area might be I don't know I think I, I would just put it would have put him in a truck I I'm mean saying. yeah that would have been much more likely is get that like Wolverine type scene right where he's driving around in like a right. beater truck right like an F-150 or exactly Ranger or something um Anyway, he starts heading to Miami, right? No, not yet. I'm not, way ahead of myself. He heads somewhere. He just kind of yeah. drives off. But the kids guard in the suit, and we see that the bodyguard is fine. And then we're done with that scene, and we well, and then we we get the scene uh, after that. We we get a scene with uh, Ben Kingsley. Uh, he does the the shoot the account yeah, where thing. he makes the president look weak on national television right and we get that kind of moment where i think i think this was like a, something that america needed to see where with the, like we don't negotiate with terrorists thing like why don't we negotiate with terrorists because a lot of times it's like why don't we just give them what they're asking for so that we can you know end this battle or whatever it is and i think this scene is exactly why we don't negotiate with terrorists because they don't negotiate with us yeah we don't negotiate with terrorists because they just kill people anyway and then if we negotiate with them they know that we will negotiate with them. That is the why we take the strong stance of we do not negotiate with terrorists, no matter what. Right. I think that was important. I think that I'm, I'm happy that this movie right. tackled that uh, political question. Obviously, we get the, the Ben Kingsley video where he shoots the, well, supposedly, maybe shoots the accountant for the IRS or whatever. Right. And um, then they send Iron Patriot then, to Pakistan to go after where they yes. think the Mandarin is, which, like, it was never going to be that easy. Jesus Christ. Oh, I know. They were like, oh, we got a we got Like, all of a sudden location. they found like, him. Okay, no. listen. You've never found a single, like piece of evidence from any of the crime scenes you're not going to just find this dude they go to pakistan right. and this is this scene is only here because we get the war machine rocks with an x line yeah i love the war machine rocks with an x line we get that whole thing um but even before that we get to uh tony being like i'm gonna hack into a local tv station van and he, he pulls up and we get this great scene where the guy's like i the guy's obsessed with tony stark you. he has a tony stark tattoo I, he's like i patterned my whole look after you oh my gosh it's so funny i love that i think that guy was great uh, I almost, I almost wish it was like the only thing that would have made it better is if it was Ryan Reynolds playing that part. Yeah, that would, um, that'd be hysterical. That would have been just dying, laughing, funny. But of course, that was before Deadpool was out, and Deadpool's not part of MCU, yep. so whatever. Um, so he he gets in there and he needs to like up the speed of the 
download and upload rates is what it looks yeah. like he's doing pretty immediately. Um, which is like the first time I've ever been watching a movie and been like, oh, oh, I, I know what he's yeah. doing. I can, I can comprehend. I can this. do that. Right. He's not just. Oh, I'm, I'm hacking into the mainframe. He's like doing a thing. And then he hacks so, the mainframe. I was happy with that. Yeah. Then he does the whole bunch of mumbo jumbo. He's like, that, like, that's not how. Yeah. No. He just types work. a bunch of stuff into a command prompt. And hacks into the uh, AIM database. Yeah, he hacks into the AIM database. And he finds out and... what exactly Aldrich Killian is doing. And he's taking America's, like, wounded, crippled people and healing them with extremists. But some people, like we said, have the side effect of blowing up. Yeah, just absolute, total annihilation. Tony formats, formulates the opinion that Killian knows it's faulty and he sold it to the Mandarin. Which he might not be far off. But we are right. led to believe at this point that, that Killian is the Mandarin. Yeah, and I think I think I mean for all intents and purposes for this film, he like, he's the right. mastermind. And this is where we get the scene where we find out that Maya's a double agent and that she was working against um, them to help kidnap Tony. Basically, that was her whole plot. She was supposed to kidnap Tony. That's what they were they yeah, were going after. They wanted Stark like... prisoner to work for Killian to try to make extremists stable. Right, because Stark did it while he was like drunk in a hotel right. room. Like right, and she can't remember the, what happened. And then we get another scene, they can't find the Mandarin, so we, you know, we get Rhodey back in Pakistan or Afghanistan or Tajikistan or Kyrgyzstan or whatever. Some, some stand country, I imagine. And, yeah, or something Iraq. like that. We're going to go with it's a stand country, just because I said so. Um, I think it's Pakistan. Is it still Pakistan? It's possible. So. Anyway, anyway, so one of those people turns out to be an extremist monster, and they kidnap Rhodey. And they take him to Miami. We're going to Miami. Right. And so Jarvis tells Tony over the phone that they're broadcasting from Miami, and Tony's like, okay, Jarvis, I need you to reboot your voice thing. That can't be right. And the kid's like, nope, it's Miami. And Tony can't figure yep. out what to do. He's like, I don't have a suit. I can't do anything. And the kid's just like, you're a mechanic. Build something. Yeah, and then Tony cheesy. builds something. He builds... Like, Tony builds Mark Forty Three. Not really. He builds he builds like I mean, a hand laser and some other gadgets and basically just like James Bonds his way into the complex in Miami. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I liked it because yeah, because you're gonna keep saying everything in this movie is stupid. You no, are. You've said I, everything is cheesy. Everything is like cheap. It was cheesy. You said that about every single aspect of this movie. I think Tony could have done better than what he did. Okay, then I need a new script for this movie because you're all you're doing is bashing every single individual part for no reason. I'm not bashing every single part for no reason. I do think it needs a better script. I think that this movie had the shell of a, of a good movie, uh, but I think the the skeleton of it or whatever the 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 meat and potatoes, whatever part that I'm referring to wasn't there. I think like like yeah, just when I watched the movie, did I enjoy it and have a good time? Yes, but were, were there a lot of things that I think were questionable decisions? Yeah, but you're not explaining yes. those things. You're yeah, just saying, yeah, I don't I like Tony that because Stark, it's cheap. Me- like- no, Tony Stark, the mechanic, should have been able to go into Lowe's or wherever he was and put together a much better suit than what he puts together to fight those, to fight uh, his way into Miami. I mean, Tony Stark built the Mark One armor in a cave with a box of scraps. I think. Yeah, but it was a, a box, of scraps, from, a gardening it was a box of scraps from like advanced weaponry. Right, well, he's got an entire Iron Man suit. He just needs to reboot it. And later on, all he needs to do to fix that is a car battery for like 30 right, minutes. They also, he's trying not to alert people to the fact that he's alive. Look, if Tony Stark goes into Home Depot and asks for their weapons supply, somebody's going to get a heads up. I guess. But, I mean, I think he could have figured it out better than he did. He uses, like, a nail gun. Like, Tony's not above using a gun. He uses a gun earlier in this movie. Okay. And then at the end of the movie, he can't fire a gun to save his life. Yeah, he... But the nail gun thing, he got he nailed. I mean, whatever. They're showing him being resourceful. That's that's the only you're just 
you're trying too hard to hate this. I'm not trying too hard to hate this. I like watching it. I really enjoyed it. I honestly would probably give it about a 70. Out of okay, well, you're bashing every individual part of this movie by saying the same thing is that it's cheap and you feel like Tony wouldn't do it. But Tony does do it because you can't move past the fact that this is not the Tony from Iron Man 2. I, I don't think this is how he would have been affected. Why, though? Because that's not who Tony is. Tony, like, had his, like, come to terms with the fact that he's a hero problem. That was Iron Man 2. He's not coming to the terms of the fact that he's a hero. Like, that's not what this is about. This is about Tony being affected by what happened to him. This is about Tony discovering his mortality. I don't know. I disagree. I think that Tony still should feel like an immortal. I mean, he dropped a nuke in another dimension and then fell through and survived. Right, but he, like, he was faced with gods. You gotta think when Iron Man 2 came out. Like, he was not part of the Thor movie. He was not part of the Captain America movie. Like, when Iron Man 2 came out, he was the superhero. It was him and the Hulk who were genetic. It was genetic. Like, he can understand that. He can't understand Thor or Loki or aliens from a different realm. I hear you. Do you? I do. I'm like, listen, here's 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 my frustration with this conversation is that I have heard you and I have like tried to adjust my views and agree with you where I agree with you, but I feel like you just want to like this movie so bad that you're not listening to I the am, word but you're, I'm saying. All you're saying is that it's cheap and you feel like that's not how Tony... And you've said that about everything he's done in the whole movie. Because it like a lot of things don't feel like that's how Tony would but do it. But it is how Tony does it. Well, clearly, because that's what the movie is, but I'm telling you that the movie shouldn't be this Right, way. but why? Like, wh I don't understand your issue with it. Because the character that's been developed over the past three films this guy has been in is not the character we're seeing in this movie. And you have said that plenty of times, and I hear you there, but, like, like his character development just took this, like, right turn. That's the whole thing, though. Like, it's completely different. Okay, so this, if anything, this plays into your theory. But I think Tony is still Tony through the end of this movie. I mean, is he, though? Because we've got a different Tony yes. here. I don't think we do have a different Tony here. I think we've got the same Tony just with a bad script. It's not a bad script. This is a great movie. It shows Tony being vulnerable. I think this is important for the series. Because too. it shows that Tony Stark can be beaten. It shows that an Avenger can be beaten and broken. They kill an Avenger in Age of Ultron. Yeah, Age of Ultron is five movies from now. It hasn't happened yet. And that's what Thor did. Thor was... Vulnerable. No, he wasn't. Yeah, he was. He was a human. He was mortal. Okay, because he didn't have his hammer for part of the movie. Yeah. yeah, he was still he was still superhuman strong. I mean, I hear you. I I will say going into this movie, I had lower hopes for it than what I thought of it coming out. Like of it I I when I watched I it like the Tony Stark that they presented in this movie. And I think they did a very good job of presenting him. And I get that you're you're not on board with that. I understand that. And I'm hearing what you're saying is that you're not on board with the Tony Stark that we were given in this movie because it is not congruous with the Tony Stark from Iron Man 2. Or Avengers. Uh, to a lesser extent. Tony doesn't really have that much of a character in the Avengers. Like, he, he just, he's kind of there, honestly. Oh, I disagree. I think It is about Tony, Tony, but he's not, he's kind of, kind of one-dimensional in the Avengers. He doesn't really do a lot of growing in the Avengers. He's like a major character shift. What? How? He's like, we, we are not soldiers. And then he goes and fights. Yes. Like, he has the conversation with Captain America, and Captain America's like, okay, but we need something to fight for. And then, like, they, they go and they fight. And he goes from, like, you know, I don't want to do this S.H.I.E.L.D. thing, I don't trust S.H.I.E.L.D., to let's let's battle the Chitauri and let's save Earth. We are Earth's protectors. We are Earth's Avengers. Right, but that doesn't mean he's a soldier. Well, I don't think he's a soldier, but I think he's more willing to fight for the cause of others rather than just the cause of protecting those Right, but he's not Tony. willing to follow orders. He follows Cap's right, orders. But he's not following the U.S. government's orders. That's what he means by we're not soldiers. It's because the U.S. government are bad. For now, I think. I don't remember where we stand on S.H.I.E.L.D. at this point. Well, I mean, the vice president is part of extremists. I think the U.S. government is villains. Yeah, I mean, up to this point, yes. Every I mean, villain I mean, is lemons. I mean, in present day, 
after uh, whatever the last movie is, uh, Spider Man. Yeah. Where where do we stand on Shield <laughs> after Spider Man? I have no idea. I think idea. Shield I takes remember. a back seat after Civil War, not Civil War Probably. after Winter Soldier. Yeah. Well, then then we just get the government. Right. That's irrelevant to this. Hey Tyler, I'm going to ask you a quick question. This is a sidebar, just to kind of break the tension here a little bit. What have you been listening to lately? Uh, Turtles have all the way down. How's that going? Uh, shockingly slow. I find I don't have a lot of time to listen to it, but you have, uh, I did get it for a credit on about Audible. Eight pages into the actual book, but you know what I have been listening to is Origin by Dan Brown, which is the fifth book in the Da Vinci Code series, and it's probably the best one yet. You know where I got that? Where'd you get that? Audible.com, my number one source for audiobooks. I've been using Audible for years, as has, I believe, Tyler, I think. Years? Would you say years? Yes, I've been listening to Audible for years. So we want to give a little bit back. We want to give you a month of Audible on us. So you can check out the new Dan Brown book, too, or literally any other book you want. They have 180,000 titles available for immediate download on Audible. So I recommend you go ahead and head on over there. Head to audibletrial.com slash eggs. Literally right now. Stop listening to this podcast and just go. You're not going to regret it. Don't stop listening, though. And you won't have to listen to us arguing. We're not arguing. That is literally an argument. I don't want to have this conversation anymore. So Tony breaks into this compound in Miami, and we find out that the Mandarin is just an actor, Trevor Slattery, who is working for Aldrich Killian in exchange for money and drugs. Yes, he said they'll give me more. More drugs, more money, and he literally thinks he's just an actor. He doesn't seem to understand what Aldrich Killian has done and what the actual consequences are, and that's part of why I think that he is not being true to us, is that like there's no way he would not have known. Right. So you think basically that maybe not like the Ten Ring stuff he necessarily cares about, but he's kind of reverse engineering his way into this Aldrich Killian right. world. I think that that it's asinine to think that he is just this like helpless drunk that that has no idea what the consequences of his actions have been or what he is covering up. How how disappointed would you be if that's really? I all mean, he I is, wouldn't though? be surprised, but hey, I would be a little bit disappointed. I think that he is just the actor. Well, we'll find out. Maybe one day, or we won't. Anyway, so he thinks he's just an actor, and basically we get a scene where the bodyguard uh, knocks Tony out, and Tony's a hostage now. Yep, Tony is strapped to a bed, even though I guess they don't want to kill him because they want Tony alive so that he can work on a project with them, because when they ask nicely, it didn't work, and they need to stop having people blow up. But is this like, is he like an altruistic person? He's like, you know, if we get people to stop blowing up, then not only do we solve people's amputation problem, but uh, that's it, actually. We just don't have to blow people up anymore. Yeah. I, or is I he don't just... really know, and that's the whole thing. Is like I don't think that killing is necessarily behind this because the bombings make no sense. Right? Like, why are you blowing up Chinese movie theaters? And I guess this is just to get Tony. Maybe just to Maybe. get his attention. It's entirely possible, but because there are other super people that could have been very upset by right, what you've like, been doing. That's that's why I don't think his motives add up, and that's why I don't think he's the mastermind here. But for for all intents and purposes, he is the mastermind. We don't have evidence to the contrary, aside from the fact that some of this stuff doesn't necessarily add up. Right. And then, like, he even explains later on in the movie that, like, the reason he's killing the president is because the president, like, didn't do anything about an oil spill and he wants to give back to, like, small businesses right. or whatever. And I, it, there's there's a bigger motive here. Yeah, I, I'm not there's, sure I understand what's going on with Killian, Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy. The scarecrow. Killian Murphy. All, yeah, Aldridge Killian. I, that, that was my mistake. Um, I will say that Killian Murphy's scarecrow, better villain than, uh, like, on the, on the Batman right. scale we have. Uh, but anyway. so Hanson is saying that extremis is practically stable and she is absolutely delusional. People are still blowing up left and right. Um, right. People are still right. exploding. Pepper. Right. Not and, exploding. And Pepper has been extremist at this point, And that's kind of how they convince Tony, I guess, that he's going to help. But 
Audrey Killian is so confident in the fact that Tony's going to help that he can just shoot Maya Hansen. Yeah, literally just shoots her. Um, and then and then leaves Tony. You, like when Tony gets stuck with the two bodyguards, he the one guy is like like Tony asks him, "How far is it from Memphis to Miami?" And the guy's like, uh, "625 miles, yeah, something or whatever like that. it is." It was eight hundred something. That. But right, and he's like, "Wow, that was." oddly specific yeah well it's just tony stalling basically calls for the suit and the suit takes forever to get there and there's that whole scene which is i, I will admit this one was kind of dumb Why? just the scene it just pissed me off when he's just like and five four three two one and three four five six seven twelve waiting on the suit and i'm just like eh, this is unnecessary I agree. I thought it was pretty dumb. I was like, why is the suit stuck in the garage? Why is there a lock on the garage? Why does it even matter? Why can't the suit just fly through the garage? It's going to have to fly through something else to get here. I, I, just, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't understand why the suit can't fly through the garage. I do understand why the suits can't fly through the trap door meant to keep the suit safe, but I don't understand why they can't fly through the garage. Um, but anyway, he, he gets the suit piece by piece and beats those guys up. Meanwhile, um, they get Rhodes out of the Iron Patriot armor by warming him up a lot to the point where it opens. Yeah, I guess is there not like just a kill switch on the Iron Patriot armor? Or is it? It's in the probably inside? on the inside. I think he just wouldn't get or... out because he knew if he got out, they would just probably shoot him. Did, were his weapons disabled? Was there a reason he couldn't just shoot I them? I don't know. I guess maybe. I guess I, I think that, I that they did something to him that kind of disabled it in the first place. That's how they like got him down. Because they obviously had to get him from Pakistan to Miami, so they right. did something to it. He jumps out. He's wearing a polo. What do you think of the fact that he's wearing a polo inside the Iron I, Patriot? I don't costume? really think anything Shoot. of it. To tell you the truth. Really, I thought it was. I thought it was dumb. <laughs> of course you did. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I didn't really know what to think of it, but I just, I did make a note of it that I was I like, didn't why is he wearing a polo? Particularly notice. Like, I think they, did, they just kind of called him always, out of nowhere. Is I think what that's supposed to present. Right. That he's, he's. He was just chilling uh, when they those. got him on the job. When they were like, hey, it's time to go to Pakistan. Yep. It was time to go to Pakistan. Um, but yeah, he jumps out and, and fights everything. And then Aldrich Killian breathes fire. And he's like, whoa. He breathes fire. Cool. And then uh, the bodyguard gets in the suit and takes off to go meet the president. And th- it really reveals one of the flaws of the Iron Man suit was that, like, not only could our enemies use this against us, but if our enemies just got a hold of this one, they literally would not be able to tell that it wasn't you right. inside the suit. Yeah, because... Um, yeah, because Tony's suit literally thinks that it's Rhodey, and he's just like, Rhodey, is that you in the suit? Rhodey's like, nope, do you have your suit? Tony goes, well, I can't fly. So, no, they're useless. I uh, Yes, I know what you're going to say. It's dumb that Tony can't fly. It's a prototype suit. I understand. I agree. Yeah, why would any of the suits not be able to fly? It's that broken. The thing. This whole, this suit, actually, throughout the whole movie, they were like, oh, it, it, it doesn't fly. It's, it's a prototype. He was still building it, but I get what you're saying. I'm acquiescing to this one. It's dumb that he can't fly. Thank you. Just let him fly. What is it? Because then he could just go take care of Air Force One. It's a plot device. He gets to Air Force One yep. anyway. He like charges it with a car battery for like twenty seconds. Well, you know, they they also did the whole thing where they charge it with Thor's suit and never mentioned it ever again. So So yeah, clearly we cool. have some questionable methods of charging the Iron Man suit. You're just gonna have to live with it. Yeah. I guess. I'm living yes. with it as we speak. So we get the scene on Air Force One where like the, the bodyguard is no longer in the armor. Well, he's in the armor for a little while, and he takes it takes out a bunch of people, and he yeah. burns a door yeah. and locks people places, and then he he puts the president right. In the armor. But we're we we see him fly out, and then we see him just standing there, and it's like, oh, that's clever. Then president's in the armor, but nobody knows the president's in the armor or where the armor's gone. Tony's on the plane. And he's just like, where is he? So look, yeah, where where's Rachel? Uh, but this is this is my question for you because you said all AIM did was paint the suit, but it sounds like AIM was able to really program coordinates for the suit so the, pre- the president went where they wanted him to go. Um, 
Probably. I mean, they could have also done that afterward. Like, I guess. like they could That's have true. set the autopilot. Like, it doesn't seem like it's that difficult. Jarvis flew the suit on, like, 10% power to Tennessee, so. That's true. Well, it died at 10% power. Well, no, I mean, like, 10% of Jarvis flew the suit at 100% power to Tennessee. Right. Uh, but we get this cool scene afterward where um, everybody is falling out of the plane and Tony saves like 13 people in the air by electrifying their arms. Very that was, yeah, cool. It was a great scene. Yeah. That, and he picks them up and he drops them in the water yeah. and it was very cool. We get a text from our graphic designer when we started talking about this movie and he was like, oh gosh, the dude Bunky Lincoln arms scene. That's the worst. I was sitting there like, this scene was pretty and, cool, uh, man. It was pretty sweet. I don't know about you. <laughs> well, I do know about you. You didn't like it, Bayshon. But we liked it. But now, so, but now we have the problem up. that Aldrich Killian has the president and Pepper. And they're all on board a big cargo ship. They're all on board a big cargo ship. And the president is, like, strung up over top of all these barrels of oil. And they're talking about how they're going to give him a Viking funeral. So Yeah, I really don't know why they're killing the president. I mean, I do know why. Because the vice president is Aldrich Killian's, like, yep. left-hand man in the in the political discourse. And he wants him to be the leader because his kid's got a right. amputated arm. And that's how we got him. So finally... Whatever. Tony can get his suits back. You get the thing you wanted. You get all the suits. I wanted the suits. I like yes. the suits. So you get all the suits now. Are you happy? Uh, no, because it's dark and none of them really get to shine. <sighs> yes, you are correct. The suits do not get to shine. They just are there as pawns um, controlled by Jarvis to help destroy uh, Aldrich Killian's henchmen. And I don't think any of them would have died. Yeah, no, no one's dead. I, I don't. Maybe some of them, but like for the most part, no. None like, of them are dead. Aldrich Killian's definitely not dead. The the only way for me, like, what I think he should have done is just gotten, uh, I mentioned this briefly, but I think you spoke over me earlier, is just gotten the suits to put one of the bad guys in the suit and then fly the suit to the bottom of the ocean and then shut it yeah. off. I think that would defeat them. Probably. Right? Then even the heat but instead they just opt for an explosion. Right. Aldrich Killian dies in an explosion. And I'm not super thrilled with it. Uh, and uh, Pepper, Pepper blows him up. What do you think Pepper gets in there and she does all this really cool fighting stuff that she's obviously not trained to do? And listen, if you're frustrated, you know, if you think Tony was able to take a right turn and become this PTSD Tony, that's fine. I'll give you that one. But Pepper being this badass warrior princess woman after Pepper has been like awkward and unable to handle any sort of stress that's not work related for three movies now this one I'm no, sorry she, it's man. the extremist this one doesn't make any sense it's like in like, her I get brain that it's the extremist but she's doing like she's doing like kung fu and stuff dude you keep saying kung fu yeah like like you remember uh the matrix where yeah. he wakes up I and know he's kung like fu. I, know kung fu. I think extremist is doing that to her and then she's like, I see why you don't want to give up the suits. And it's like, yeah, because yeah, they're awesome. The suits are what make right. Iron Man cool. And this whole movie, she doesn't have no suits. <laughs> she doesn't tell him to blow the suits up. He said, I'm going to scale back. And then she's like, you're going to get rid of them? And he's like, yes. Also, uh, a lot of Christmas. Uh, we talked about this already, but there's like Christmas hats everywhere. Uh, Christmas theme. There was like the suits blow up in like a 4th of yeah. July style. Firework explosion. I don't know what kind of holiday movie this was trying yeah, to Yeah, it came out in April, too, like I said. <laughs> the only thing I can think of is that it was slated for a, a Christmas release, and they just didn't quite make it. It's got to be, be what it was. Is it was supposed to come I mean, out like, like Christmas 2012, it, which would have been six months after? Well, that makes sense, because uh, that would have been six months after Avengers, and they talk about it being 2012 yeah. in this movie. So, I, the only thing I can think of is that they just kind of... Something happened. They just missed the release date. So yeah, then then everybody dies yeah. or not whatever. But like Aldrich Killian's dead. dead. Uh, he takes the Iron Man core out of his chest. The he shrapnel gets removed. Pepper all healed. 
That is the one thing that pissed me uh, did off you... about this movie. What, that they could no, just heal Pepper? that they could just remove the shrapnel. Right? Like, this He's whole time, you could have just done that. He's been back in the States for three that. movies now. Right. Why didn't right. you do that like, before? Why was that not the first thing you did? Like, you could do that and still yeah. do the Iron Man thing. That I agree with just, you there. It, that was stupid. It, it didn't piss me off that it happened. It just kind of pissed me off that, like... It happened now. And I get that they needed right. it to signify a switch in Tony Stark. Like, we've got phase two Tony now. He's moving on. Clean slate protocol. He's starting over from scratch with the Iron Man suits. And no more Malibu. Right. He's got the electric R8. Yeah. Which is no, not real. But it is for Tony way. Stark. It is for Tony Stark. And he Stark. brings the dummy I mean, bot I'm... with him. At, that made me smile. He's got the trailer hooked up to the, <laughs> the electric R8 with the dummy bot on the back of it. So let's let's um before we get into the post credit scene, let's talk about uh hero movie rankings, uh, breakfast food rankings, villain rankings, and uh, then the post credit scene. Okay, so where do we put this on the on the power ranking? I like I like it. I think it's better than Iron Man Two. I think it's better than the Incredible Hulk. Um, I don't think it's better than Captain America. I don't think it's better than the Avengers. I don't think it's better than. I would slot it in between Iron Man One. Thor and Captain America. I think it's think better, it's than, better Thor. than Thor. I think so too. Thor Thor was a, a bit yeah, ambitious. Thor for was what okay. Was doing. Thor had some storytelling issues. We'll yeah. see what happens uh here in the next few days. But I I'm gonna I'm gonna st- I would slot it in between Thor and Captain America. In that like fourth place. Yeah. Iron Man, the Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man three, Thor, Iron Man two, the Incredible Hulk. That's my list. Okay. I, I would okay. agree with that. I think that that's about where I stand. Because like I said, I mean, I I remember liking this movie and then sort of reflecting on it over time, liking it less, and then when I watched it again, liked it more again. So it was kind of like an upside-down bell curve, my, my thoughts on this movie. But I, I don't like it as much as... I did no, and I'm not by any means trying to say it's as good as Captain America. By no means. There's a I'm there's like, a big sweet. gulf here between the Avengers Captain America and Iron Man 1 and then like the rest of the movies. Iron Man 1. And is I imagine so we're going to slot every single Phase 2 movie in that slot. You don't think anything's going to peak Avengers I, I, or I mean uh, maybe America? something might come over Captain America. Um I'm I'm trying to think maybe Age of Ultron. I'm, I no, I don't think Age of Ultron will. I think that'll fall pretty low. I think uh we I think you're going to be presently surprised presently pleasantly surprised by uh uh winter soldier you think winter soldier is going to beat captain america one okay maybe i mean i would say that's probably the the, the front runner but i believe uh, my prediction is that every single phase two movie uh is going to slot in between iron man 2 i mean thor and captain america in that that slot we have right now i think you might be right about that uh so then let's uh so we've talked about the the movie power ranking how would you breakfast food rate this you go to a restaurant you order food what they bring you is uh, Iron Man 3. What did you order? That's a tough one. Yeah, I, I uh, hadn't really thought about this question What kind of breakfast now. food signifies a threequel? Or even, like, what kind of breakfast food signifies, like, a character with PTSD? Yeah, or, like, a like a sharp shift. It's got to be something It's gotta be something I wouldn't quo. normally order. I think it's, like, a... I almost want to say it's, like, a like a, a dish where hash browns is the focus. You think? Well, I, I want to say so. Is there, like, a spicy breakfast food? Um... Is it a Bloody Mary? I, I, it might I would be actually a agree. Mary. Yeah, that, that, that works for me. It's a Bloody Mary. I think, you know, it's like a Bloody Mary with like some good Tabasco in there, olive in there, celery sticking out of it, but the celery not super present. I mean, because it's I would say tough. it's a Bloody Mary with like a little too much vodka in it. Where it's like you taste a little too yeah. much vodka. Yeah, I mean, this movie was like, like it hits yeah. hard. 
You know, it's got like a very it's, emotional. It's very attack. much darker than all the rest of them, and it is yeah. very sad. Like you know, kids. Like yeah, my dad went to buy cigarettes, and then or he went to. Buy and I guess he won because, because he never came back. Parent. That was six years ago. Yeah, yeah. Golly, that was sad. Uh, you know, stuff like that that just yeah. beats you over the head. Uh, I think that's where the Bloody Mary in this. This is not a mimosa. You know, as far as yeah. your breakfast drink goes, this is. Not and that's what I'm saying. It's a Bloody Mary with like just a little bit too much vodka that you kind of you kind of feel cold. Yeah. You can see yeah. the pepper floating. And it's in like it. it's good, but you're just like, this is a lot. This is strong. This is a lot to take in. It's strong, real strong. And where would you uh, put? Uh, I guess we gotta rate him one to ten first, and then we'll power rank him. I think Aldrich Killian is a stupid villain. Really? I think he's got no clear motives. Uh, I think the, like they syndromed I, him. I think his. I would agree with that. And and like I'm I'm hoping, and that's my thing is my whole hopes on this movie hinge on the fact that that is not all we're gonna hear of him. I think it is though, and I, that that's my big concern yeah. here is that you know Aldridge killing like Guy Pierce was almost wasted. Oh, absolutely, I have no issue you know? with Guy Pierce performed the role amazingly, made me right. believe Aldridge but, Killian. Uh, Maybe forget the fact that his motive made no sense. Right, but like you flip flip flop and look at like Justin Hammer, yeah. Iron Man two, you have a much clearer yeah. villain with Sam Rockwell yeah. than you do with Guy Pierce's Aldridge I'm Killian. Put him. Um, honest. I mean, this dude is just above the yeah, abomination. I would say that. I mean, nobody's. The, I'm never going to put anybody below abomination. Which is sad. Abomination was already. It's just let down. By not the a movie. bad character. This is this is yeah. problem. Um, yeah, Aldrich Killian. I would say right above the the. He's probably like a three on the one to ten. Like he's and better. He is better yeah, than. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face. Well, yeah, because Tommy Lee Jones is Two Face doesn't make any sense. And I I know Two Face's sort of story and character a little bit better. I don't know a ton. I'll be honest. Yeah, I've I've got some pretty good comic book knowledge but mandarin is just one of those characters i don't know anything about uh and we'll get to a lot more of those as we get into all oh, these yeah, much more sure. obscure villains um but i don't know if you know sort of the way he was written kind of matches up with how he would be in in the comics and that's i mean like you know there's a million stories for every character with comics so it's tough to like say anything like that but oh, absolutely do you know what i mean where it's like uh you know kind of the, the captain america is never a no. nazi you know well you know it's like there's there are there allegedly are certain he truths becomes part of Hydra, to each character but whatever yeah i know what you're saying you know what i'm saying it's like uh like, like captain america always yeah. uses a shield but no i would i would wonder I woman would has a lasso put batman pretty- likes that <laughs> <laughs> i'm a bat yeah, I would that. give him like a three and and put him right yeah, above a That's pretty, yeah. So that's, that's that. that. Uh, and that's all I got to say about that. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of Bacon and Eggs where we covered Iron Man 3. We will see you on Sunday this week when we are, we're going to cover right. Thor Ragnarok. We are going to do a mini-sode on Thor Ragnarok. We will do a full review when we get to it in the Marvel Cinematic Universe continuity. But we want to let you know, we'd like to let you know some thoughts on it so you will see an episode coming from us on Sunday for a little bonus and bacon and eggs this week. Nothing like a little Sunday After brunch, that, we'll if you will. As usual on Thursday. If you guys have any questions or suggestions or comments or really anything you want to say to us, you can email us at baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com. You can find us both on Twitter and Instagram. I am at WowNow, but the O's are zeros, and that is the same for Twitter and Instagram. And Tyler is at AmericaArlen. It's America Erlin, R-L-I-N. Special shout-out to Vishon Brandon for our logo, our funky business cards, and our promotional materials. This guy is seriously the plug. Um, If you want his email, we can go ahead and send it to you. Just shoot us an email at baconandeggsmedia at gmail.com, and he will help you out with any 
kind of graphic design needs you may have. And thank you so much for listening, guys. It's been been great to do these for you. Also, this week's review comes from Butter Y'all, who uh, gave us a five-star review on the iTunes store. Uh, it reads, there's a lot of podcasts out there, but not all ho- hosts have that instant fun chemistry that they do. You feel like you're sitting in your buddy's basement shooting the breeze. And that's exactly what we're going for here, guys. Uh, for your chance to have your review featured at the end of our podcast, go ahead and give us one over on uh, iTunes, and we will read it. And I just want to remind show. you guys one last time that Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by Audible. You can go to audibletrial.com eggs to get your free month of Audible right freaking now. And until next week, guys, arrivederci. Abracadabra, Alakazam. I'm sorry, Ethan. You're the best co-host ever. You, you put up with all my yeah, crap. you're not wrong.